I do not think I've ever enjoyed appreciated congregational singing more than I just heard in singing that great prayer from Psalm 42. Thank you for your ministry in music and singing biblical truth. Family, how are we to live? How are we to live? What does God expect of us? Those of us who are in Christ, who have been called and converted into the family. Jesus himself teaches us this is truth. This is what we're to know. And this is the way we're to live here in Scripture. Today, within the GPC family, we're concluding, we're finishing this great letter of 1 Peter. We've been here several weeks. And I've thoroughly enjoyed attempting to understand this great, this great letter. What truths do we see in these verses in its context that is before us? In the way we're to live, there are four truths that we're to see from these verses within its context. Four important truths for us to know, experience, and share with others. Okay, that's where we are, family. These are truths that God wants his family to know and experience and share with others. A quick overview before we look at each one. In Christ's family, first we see that those within his family are the ones he has elected and chosen for himself. The Bible says that before God ever created the world, before God ever created the world, he elected, he predestined those he would call and convert into his family. Jesus Christ says, you've not chosen me. I've chosen you. Christ is the one who must come and convert us and breathe life into us by the Holy Spirit. And then we respond by coming after him with all that we are to the one who's first come after us. Are you passionate to come after Christ? If you are, it's because he first came after you. If you're not passionate, then ask our Lord, what's the problem? What's the problem that you will come after him? Secondly, we see the truth is we have a common enemy. If you're in Christ's family and you want to honor Christ, you have an enemy, and he's out to bring you down. Thirdly, we have responsibilities. We have responsibilities to fulfill within God's family, but the promise is he gives us the ability to fulfill those responsibilities. He gives us the ability to fulfill the responsibilities that he's given us. And lastly, our Lord teaches us here and throughout Scripture that we must expect and anticipate joy coming through suffering. Anticipate, expect the Lord to give joy to his family. And so often, he does it through suffering. It's taught here, First Peter, 
and throughout Scripture. But first, let us see this first truth he wants us to know, that God himself is the one who elects. He's the one who chooses those who enter into his family. Look at the way Peter began this in 1 Peter 1.1. 1, 1. 1 Peter 1.1. 1, 1. Right here to begin the letter. Peter, I'm an apostle of Jesus Christ. He's saying, I saw him. I saw the resurrected Christ. I'm an apostle. I saw him. He was dead. He was alive. He was resurrected. And here's the letter. To those who are the elect. You exiles. You scattered. You who are running for your life because of the oppression and the persecution and the torture and the abuse. You're, you're exiles. You don't belong. You're foreigners. And here's a letter to give you help for today and hope for tomorrow. And to bring you help and hope and encouragement, number one, realize you are his elect. You're among his chosen ones. Spend time, spend the rest of your life on that wonderful truth that if you're in God's family, it's because he chose you. You would never have chosen him. You would have never sought him. You would have never wanted him. And he comes, and he breathes life into those the Father gives to him. Spend time, joy, delight in that truth. And for all who do enter the family, may they know it's because Christ has come to them. Secondly, everyone in Christ's family has a common enemy. Not just individually, but collectively. Family, we have an enemy. And look who he is. Be sober-minded. Be watchful. Here he is closing this great letter. And what is it we need to know? We've got an enemy. He is an adversary. He is the devil. Satan himself, he's real. And he wants to bring you down. He's prowling around like a roaring lion. He's seeking to devour us. To devour. To destroy. Destroy what? Destroy the possibility of you giving praise to Christ. Destroy your ability to give praise and honor to Christ. Secondly, to destroy your joy. And your gladness in him to destroy that, to devour you. And thirdly, not only to devour you in your relationship with God the Father and your own joy, but to ruin an effective ability to represent Christ to others. He wants to bring us down in all kinds of ways through our arrogance, through our greed, through our envy, through our adultery and theft. He wants to bring us down so that we're not effective as his sons and daughters. He's out to devour us, to bring us down. We've got to realize that. But when we realize that, family, understand this. Jesus Christ has defeated 
this enemy. Defeated him and disarmed him. The military, the police force, they go and they both defeat and disarm. Take away the weapons. That's what Christ did at the cross through the resurrection according to Colossians. Christ has defeated and disarmed Satan at the cross and the resurrection. Our enemy is out to prowl. He's out to bring us down. He has limited power, but he's been defeated. He's been defeated. That's good news. Don't dread Satan. Don't dread him. Don't fear him. He's more powerful than we are. He's more powerful. but he's not the equal to Jesus Christ. We've got an enemy, and he seeks to ruin us. Thirdly, let us understand that everyone in Christ's family has both responsibilities and abilities to resist Satan's attack. Yes, it's God who elects. It's God who chooses. It's God who calls, and we have responsibilities. What are they? They're stated here. But with those responsibilities you and I have every day, we have that ability. We have that power. We have that strength by the Holy Spirit to resist. In these last months, I've just been devouring and benefiting greatly from teaching and iPods and excellent teaching. Again, I was told, we're told in this excellent teaching that when we sin, it's because we've chosen to sin. We're, we, we choose to sin, whether it's in our thoughts, our behavior, our words. We cannot blame shift another. It's because we choose to sin. So what's he saying here? Resist him, 1 Peter 5, 9. Resist him when he's coming to devour you. Firm in your faith. Know that the same kinds of suffering are being experienced by the family throughout the world. That is to encourage you. It was to encourage these who are going through such torture and cruelty that others are doing the same. Family, the thousands and thousands of boys and girls and men and women and teenagers today, the suffering, the torture, the humiliation, the abuse, the cruelty they are experiencing today because of their faith in Christ and faithfulness to Christ. Faith in Christ and faithfulness to Christ. We're to remember them as if we are there. Remember them. Remember them. In Christ's family, we have responsibilities and the ability. The first responsibility is that of humility. Right here in the context, we are to daily humble ourselves under God's mighty hand. I tell you again, I have to pray that every day. Every day. For an attitude. A heart of humility because I'm arrogant, I'm selfish, I'm proud, I'm self-centered. 
Here in the passage, clothe yourselves, all of you, with humility toward one another because God resists the proud. He gives grace to the humble. So humble ourselves under God's mighty hand. Secondly, we have the responsibility right here in verse 7 of this chapter to constantly give Christ your problems, your pain. Give him your disappointments. Give him your stress. Cast your cares on him, family. He cares for you. He cares for his own far more than you realize. Keep bringing back to him your problems, your pain, your hurts, your disappointments, your stress. Give them back to him because he cares for you. Thirdly, we're to be sober-minded. What does that mean, sober-minded? Biblically correct thinking. Biblically correct understanding of truth. Be sober. Be intoxicated with wrong thinking. The decisions you make, the thinking, the behavior must be based on Scripture sober-minded, not intoxicated by any kind of other thinking other than what's biblical, what's Scripture. Sober-minded. We're warned in Scripture, family, not to be like the waves of the sea, tossed here, tossed there, carried along by any new fad or teaching. Sober-minded, study the Scriptures. Study it. Yes, read it, but study it and learn it together with God's people. God's people, sober-minded. Resist Satan. Resist him, the next responsibility. Resist him. The Scriptures say, submit to God. Resist the devil. He has to flee from you because he's been defeated. Resist him when he comes and attacks your mind. Those thoughts that we should not think. Those fantasies. Resist him when he comes to us to say those words and engage in that behavior. We have, that's our responsibility. To resist him. But the good news is the Holy Spirit has the power and strength to do it. To give us that ability. The next responsibility is firm in the faith. Solid. Constantly growing in the grace and knowledge of Christ. Family, how are you doing? How am I doing? Are you growing? Are you growing? More now than you were a year ago or five years ago. Are you stale? Are you stale? Are you stagnant? Was there a time you're growing, but no, now, not now? How are you doing? In the Word, reading it, studying it, learning together again in community. And then lastly, look at this truth. Repeated throughout this great letter. Everyone in Christ's family, anticipate, 
and expect joy and suffering. The two go together. We want to hear about the joy, but we don't want to hear about the suffering. But the two go together. It's throughout Scripture. Look here. Look, please, at 1 Peter 5, 9 and 10. Resist him. 9 and 10, resist him firm in the faith. Know that the same kinds of suffering are being experienced by your brotherhood throughout the world. And after you have suffered, after you have suffered just a little while, compared to eternity, family, our suffering is short. Compared to eternity, just a little while, the God of all grace, the one who calls you into eternal glory, what will he do? He'll restore you. Restore you, make you better than ever, and confirm you and strengthen you and establish you. We restore automobiles. We restore and renew homes, pieces of antique, restore it. But oh, our Lord himself restores and confirms and strengthens and establishes his own. Go back to the very first chapter, 1 Peter 1, 8 and 9. 1 Peter 1, 8 and 9. Look, family, though you have not seen him, do you love him? And though you do not see him now, you believe in him. And what? Rejoice with joy that is inexpressible and filled with glory. Joy that far surpasses the short-lived suffering. The joy, the gladness. That is far superior to the short-term suffering. And lastly, or we see here lastly in Peter 4, 12, and 13. 1 Peter 4, 12, and 13. Beloved, do not be surprised. Expect, anticipate, what? The fiery trial to your faith. When he comes upon you, as though something strange is happening to you. But rejoice, rejoice in so far as you share Christ's suffering. Anticipate it. Don't be surprised. Expect it. Why? He wants to give you joy. (laughs) He wants to give you joy in him. That you may also rejoice and be glad when his glory is revealed. What will make us have joy in suffering? Only Christ. Believing the truth of Scripture, and I'll tell you again, Growing in our knowledge of Christ, maturing in our understanding of Christ, that we can say this, Lord, you are good. Everything you do is good. And Lord, we're coming to know you so well. 
that we say everything you allow and permit in the lives of your children is for our good. Everything you allow and permit is for our good. We got to grow, got to mature. And I'm the one that needs to grow the most in such confidence. What is he saying? He's saying these truths as we conclude 1 Peter. To enter into his family, he has to elect. He must choose. He must call you to himself. And our responsibility is to repent to acknowledge we're sinners. We do not deserve Him. And you're willing by the Holy Spirit breathing life into you to turn to Him, to turn away from sin. Every day it's a battle. And pursue Him. Pursue Him. Come after Him. Boys and girls, adults, youth, come after Christ. Deny yourself. Take up the cross every day to follow him. That is the way to joy and his praise. Let's pray that he'll enable us to do it. Father, we do thank you for Christ. Your son, he never ever sinned, and yet he willingly became sin. On behalf of all of those you've given to him. Father, please breathe life into any here today who are outside the family. Convert, breathe life in those who are. Father, may we know these truths, experience them, and powerfully, effectively share them with others. For all throughout your world, we ask the same. All the family. Through Christ. Amen.